Well, the University Cup is officially here. Teams now en route, if not already, in Lethbridge getting set up for the Thursday start. Of course, uh, the press conference on Wednesday and some of the festivities getting underway a day before Game 1 in the quarterfinals goes on Thursday. And then, of course, Thursday night will be the host Lethbridge Pronghorns in action taking on the University of Alberta Golden Bears. That's the game that a lot of that community has their eyes set on right now. And with a lot of players and coaches in transit, what better time than now to talk with another broadcaster in this league who sees it from a daily basis and somebody who knows Canada West Lethbridge Pronghorns hockey probably better than anybody else in the country right now. And the guy who will be calling the quarterfinals and bronze medal games in the David Johnston University Cup this year. Ryan O'Donnell joins me on the phone now. Thanks for doing this, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So here we are. It's It's been a long wait uh, for Lethbridge. I'm sure you remember the day that it came out that Lethbridge was going to host the, the University Cup in, in 2019. What's been the waiting process like for that team, and how eager do you think they are to finally get on the ice for the U Cup? Well, they've been practicing hard for a few weeks here now, obviously, after uh, being eliminated by the Calgary Dinos in the postseason in what was. Honestly, if they could have had their special teams uh, going at the same rate as the Calgary Dinos, it would have gone to three games. And They've been working hard in practice, but uh, they're definitely eager to get going. And It's been a long process, really. I remember six seasons ago, my first year working for the team, we had uh, two win seasons, so to get into the University Cup regardless to be as a host and not, I guess, technically earn your way as a league champion or second place team, it's, it's definitely exciting, but uh, to make the playoffs this year, I think, for the program was a huge accomplishment, and I know for a fact all the guys are excited and raring to go. Yeah, well, Lethbridge was a big story in the offseason with Spiros Anastas departing for the ECHL. Murray Nystrom comes in fairly late in the offseason to take the reins as the head coach of this program throughout the season. Guide me through this year a little bit with, with Murray Nystrom at the helm. You know, you've seen this program now. You've mentioned it for a, a few seasons under Spiros Anastas and now under, under Murray Nystrom. What was the course of this year like for the Lethbridge Pronghorns en route to getting to the playoffs for the first time since 2012? Well, I think it's not only on the ice, but off the ice. It was, uh, it's, these guys have been through a lot, not just with the coaching change, but uh, the majority of the guys were really close with former captain Brock Hershey, including myself. Right. And, uh, I, I think it's it's been a tough it's been a tough couple of years around Southern Alberta. I mean, obviously the humble uh, Broncos bust crash hit Lethbridge really hard with the passing of Logan Boulay and all that he's done with his uh, organ donation project has been amazing and I know and specifically uh, Michael Grant was best friends with Logan so that was uh, that was a real tough time for uh, for everyone involved with the pronghorns because Logan had aspirations to play for the pronghorns as far as my knowledge so um, that, not just the coaching change, but that was a real tough transition in uh, learning all that. But yeah, as far as the coaching change, uh, the start of the year was definitely a, it was a tough transition, I think, because not only were they very short players off the hop uh, with not having 
having much of a recruiting class. They actually had two players in September, which filled out the roster. So it was was really tough in that aspect. And then abundance of injuries in the first few weeks of the season. I think they started off two and six or something along those lines. And they had to go into Saskatchewan playing with nine forwards and six defense and not only was it nine forwards and six defense, it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't that it was their depth players missing. It was key players out of the lineup. So it was a real learning curve the first bit with head coach Murray Nystrom, and they turned their season around pretty good up until Christmas. They got the victories to really get themselves in the playoff mix, and I think uh, as the season went along, the team got better, and it showed they had a great series against the UFC Dinos. So. It's, uh, it's definitely been a transition from the start, but I think they're definitely fully ready to go for nationals. Yeah, well, it never seems to fail, does it, that when a team has uh, a bit of a shorthanded roster, the injuries always hit a little harder than you know when they've got the depth to actually deal with it. Uh, all of a sudden, then everybody seems to be healthy. But yeah, you mentioned it. This year was definitely a, a transition, I guess, in more ways than one for Lethbridge. But it did seem to get better, as you said, as well, towards the end of the year. What specifically was it about this Lethbridge team that you saw improve, or maybe a couple players in particular that you really saw come around uh, to be a lot better? towards the end of the season some, some players just fit under coaches better right. than under certain coaches and one guy who I think has really flourished is uh, well two guys in that matter is the defense pairing because they played together probably 24 of the 28 games this year of uh, Jeff Raymond and Evan Wardley I thought their game just went to another level this year and Evan I think himself would say he uh under head coach Spiros Anastas didn't didn't uh, really fit his style of play and now under Murray Nystrom he fits his style of play and they've done a great job they've been up against tough matchups all season long and they tend to play against other teams top lines so they've been in a shutdown role and I think a lot of teams at least I would. I would hate playing against Evan Wardley and Jeff Raymond, and they've done a great job shutting down top lines all season long. So I think those two in particular have done a great job, but it's a team that really is built from their back out. They got two great, three really great goaltenders. I mean, Johnny Hogue obviously doesn't see much action. He's typically the third-string goalie, but uh, Taz Berman only got into five starts this year, and I would argue... He was outstanding in all five of those games. In fact, played against the Alberta Golden Bears at the MMAC Center back in November and made, uh, I think it was 60 saves in, uh, in a game that the Pronghorns lost 4-3 in overtime. So, And then obviously Garrett Houston carries the ball clothing goal, and he was remarkable. And I think if not for uh, the Pronghorns being a sixth-place team, I think I would argue he's the best goalie in Canada West. Now, obviously, their defense is uh, built kind of old school. It's uh, really stay-at-home, meat and potatoes, great in their own end type of defense core. And, uh, their forwards, at times, they find, they struggle to score goals, but they're all in all, they're a pretty good defensive team. 
Yeah, well, I guess when you look at some of the more offensive players on this Lethbridge team, too, the guy that's stood out for me over the last couple of years, and, and this year in particular as well, is you know Justin Valentino, who's been at Lethbridge now in his fifth season. He scored 16 goals a couple of years back. And a guy that's you know not a very big player. He, he never played major junior, but you know what a great university hockey player he's turned into. What have you seen with him over the last five years, and maybe this season in particular too? Well, you know, honestly, that was head coach uh, at the time, Spiros Anas's first recruiting class, and no one really knew what to expect from really any of those players that came in that year because Spiros had no time to recruit because he was transitioning from coming over from the American Hockey League and uh, he had I think they had five players in that recruiting class I want to say and Justin along with all of them were Junior A players which sometimes obviously can pan out but sometimes you really don't know what you're going to get and uh, he's a guy who every single year has gotten better and I would argue for sure, is one of their one of the best players in Canada West. In fact, and uh, he just he works his tail off every shift. He's a really intelligent player, and it's funny because you see all these kids go from junior A to NCAA, and then the guys who don't get a NCAA scholarship tend to end up in uh, in the U sports hockey and. Everybody just kind of forgets about them, but I think Justin's got a very long pro career ahead of him if he wants it. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, down to his final weekend now in in university hockey, no matter what happens. And I've talked to players before that have been in this league for four or five years when they kind of know it's the end. And they always say there's there's a little something different about playing in a, a game where you know your career is on the line. And I think that might be the biggest attraction to the U Cup this weekend is that, you know, whether it's the quarters, the semis, or the finals, you know, this this could be the end of the line for some players that we've seen for a long, long time um, at this level that have always seemed to be on the score sheet and always seemed to play a factor every weekend. And I think Valentino's certainly one of those players. But now looking at, at Lethbridge's opponent here on Thursday night, this is the one versus eight seed. They get the top team right now in the country in the Alberta Golden Bears. You've seen Alberta this year. You've seen Lethbridge play them close as well, as you mentioned, in that 4-3 overtime loss. What do you make of this matchup, Alberta, against Lethbridge? Well, it's it's definitely not going to be an easy matchup for the Pronghorns. Mind you, when it's eight, the top eight university programs in the country, no matchup you're getting is going to be uh, walk in the park, so to speak, and I think uh, the Golden Bears—they bring plenty of offense. That's that's uh, to say it lightly. I mean, you look at their junior careers, and the majority of those guys are hundred-point players at the top end of their careers in junior, which is remarkable. And uh, their whole team. If you put that team in the East Coast Hockey League or the American Hockey League, they would give a lot of teams a run for their money. Sure. They're going to be a tough opponent for the Pronghorns for sure, but uh, it's a team of Pronghorns actually through the last three to four years have played very well in Westbridge. And a matter of fact, they actually got a victory in Edmonton a couple of years ago as well. But uh, it's a team that 
it always seems to be a close game when it's in Lethbridge. And I think with the crowd, it, which should be a great crowd on Thursday night, should favor the Pronghorns. I mean, some guys I think might have a little bit of nerves, but I think that will go both ways, not just uh, on the Pronghorn side. So I think the key for the Pronghorns for sure will be you got to get off to a good start against the Golden Bears because that team, they can quick strike offense better than I would say anyone in the country. So it's going to be a tough matchup, but uh, the Golden Bears, you just you never know in a one-game elimination, right? Like sure. uh, anything can happen. You get a goalie who stands on his head. You get the right bounces. I mean, one-game elimination, anything can happen. So the Golden Bears definitely won't be an easy opponent, but uh, I mean, for the Pronghorns' sake, anything can happen, and you hope uh, it goes in your way. Yeah, well, you know, when you say a single-game elimination, the goalie has to stand on their head in most cases um, where it's what we would call an upset. I, I think Garrett Houston is the type of goalie that is capable of, of having a night where he can make a lot of saves and keep his team in a game uh, against anybody in the country. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's shown numerous times, uh, not only this season, but in his Canada West career, that he can... Uh, keep the pronghorns in games and steal games for the pronghorns and i think not only is this a great team opportunity for a lot of players but they're i would assume i you would know better than i have this will be my first u sports uh championship experience but i would assume there's going to be a lot of scouts oh yes Um, yep especially with uh the season that luke filth is having up at edmonton and um Jason Fram up in Edmonton, and there's plenty of other players across the country, but I know those guys in specific have gotten recognition. This is a great opportunity for plenty of players and every single player in the tournament to get that pro recognition that uh, some of these guys definitely deserve. And for a guy like Garrett Houston, not to put the pressure on him, but I mean, <laughs> if he has a heck of an outing or anyone for that matter if Brooks Maxwell is a heck of an outing for the Pronghorns there are guys on U of S I mean it's uh you're getting that extra exposure in a national championship so I mean if you can play a good game or have a great tournament your odds are uh in your favor as far as your future as well yeah, and, and you know, you're absolutely right. The scouts always do show up a little more to these U Cups they have in the past, and I would expect it's going to be the case again this year. And I think the big thing with that, too, is scouts really want to see the best against the best. And, and that's what you see, you know, at the U Cup. Mark Simpson is another guy who got recognition from, you know, UNB this year as somebody who's getting lots of NHL interest, was at Washington main camp the last couple of years. So I think there's a lot of NHL teams that are interested to see how some of the country's top players stack up against some of the country's top teams as well and that's a big selling point as well I think for a lot of fans now too uh, certainly in my four years this is the most that NHL teams have been paying attention to university hockey on a day-to-day basis with some of these players like we've mentioned but uh, some great teams in addition to some great individual players that we're going to see there on the weekend what are you expecting for the kind of turnout because you live in Lethbridge you see what this team is like as a or what this community is like as a hockey community whether it's with the Pronghorns or with the Lethbridge Hurricanes what can we kind of expect to see from the community of Lethbridge this coming week? Uh, I think for the Pronghorns game, from what I've heard, is it should 
be a very good crowd for uh, the Pronghorns game on Thursday night there. The rest of the tournament, I think, was a little slow getting tickets underway. Gang tickets sold, that is. And I think that had to do in part with team, or uh, people not knowing what teams are participating yet because a right. lot of those ticket packages are being sold to parents of players or family members of players or whatever it be in that aspect. So I think that kind of makes it a little slow off the get-go, but I, as far as I've heard, it's really progressed the last couple of days. And what I think watching over the last seven years paying attention really to youth sports hockey is that it has improved immensely, not only the last couple of years, but from when I started covering the program seven years ago, the caliber of hockey has just gone through the roof. And I think people who come out to the games this weekend, whether it be to one game or all eight games, for people who really don't pay attention to youth sports hockey very often or don't get to see very many games or whatnot, I think they're really going to realize how good youth sports hockey is. And I think it, it's still, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but it really doesn't get the credit it deserves. I mean, you look at these guys in, in junior, a lot of these guys, they're all fan favorites or they're um, 80 to 100-point junior guys whether it be in junior A or the Western Hockey League or whatever, major junior hockey. I mean, it's there's a lot of guys on these teams with pro experience or NHL draft picks. I mean, it, it really doesn't get the credit it deserves, and I think a lot of people who come out this weekend will be in for an eye-opener, and I really hope uh, the, the majority of the games this weekend are packed because these guys really do deserve it. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've seen this tournament, Ryan, the last couple of years out east, and, and there's been, you know, great support, whether it's in Halifax or Fredericton. It's been a little while since it's come back out west. So, you know, obviously we both know the quality of hockey that's at this level, but do you think it was really important that U Sports got this tournament back out west as well to be able to showcase to a western audience too just how good these players and teams are? Yeah, I think uh, it's a it definitely, I think, needs to be moved around. And, I mean, they do a good job of that, obviously, moving it around from uh, zone to zone or league to league in that aspect. And I think uh, a reason maybe, too, that the crowds or the uh, ticket sales didn't go great off the hop was that uh, if you look at, at Acadia and St. FX and New Brunswick, now I haven't been out there, but I've seen a map and I've heard that uh, those teams are all within a very close region of one another so in that aspect you get teams like uh, all those teams playing in the national championship when it's out there and you're going to get a lot more people from out of town because they're so close together going to the tournament and watching whereas out here uh, the closest opponent's two hours away that being the Calgary Dinos and Mount Royal Cougars. Now, obviously, they aren't in the U Sports Championship this weekend, but uh, the closest opponent that is is the Alberta Golden Bears, which is about four and a half, five hours up the highway. And then you got the Saskatchewan Huskies, who are about six and a half to seven and a half hours away. So it's uh, 
it's definitely from that aspect it's uh, a lot harder i think to get ticket sales going but uh yeah it's uh it, it definitely i agree with the sense that it needs to be uh moved around um conference to conference and try and get more people from conference to conference uh involved in wanting to pay attention to this brand of hockey now I'll kind of bring it back around here to use a broadcast because you get to call the the four quarter finals on Thursday and Friday, and then the bronze on Sunday as well. Uh, we've seen before in this tournament, as I'm sure you're well aware, how wild some of these games can be. You know, it wasn't that long ago we had Saskatchewan in in quadruple overtime, then triple overtime. So anything can really happen in this tournament uh, with the way it goes with single game elimination, and it, it's given us just a wild, wide variety of games in the last couple of years. What are you excited for most here about getting to call some of the U Cup games this weekend and take in the whole experience? Well, for one, I mean, for me personally, growing up as a Lethbridge Hurricane fan, whenever I get to call a game at the MMAC Center, it's exciting. Um, but when I was a young kid, obviously, the MMAC Center, those guys are your idols when you're watching the Hurricanes growing up. So for me, anytime I get to watch a game at the MMAC Center, it's kind of like my uh, NHL rink, I guess, because uh, I did grow up in NHL City. So whenever I get the chance to call a game at the MMAC Center, that's exciting. But Obviously, I'm looking forward to, in a single elimination, I mean, you don't get that much in hockey. Sure. Unless you're going to a best of seven or whether in U sports, I guess, a best of three or a best of five. So you don't get that single elimination. I mean, everyone's going to be going a buck 20 out there and giving it their all. Whereas when you see best of seven, the first couple games sometimes can start out slow. Don't get me wrong, obviously every game counts the same, but I mean, you get this single game elimination, it's all or nothing really, so I'm looking forward to it. I hope uh, my lungs and my uh, voice is prepared to (laughs) hopefully call some overtime games, but nonetheless, uh, and a matter of fact, I've never called a playoff game, because out here in Canada West, we, uh, we have that format where there isn't a uh, home playoff game if you're the lower seed so it's uh it's exciting for me as well i mean as much as it's um as much as it's the biggest game of a lot of these players lives it's for us broadcasters it's the biggest game of our lives too or biggest games of our lives too so i'm really looking forward to it and i uh i hope there's some overtime games i hope there's dramatic hockey and i hope that we're in for a heck of a tournament because the ones the last few years have definitely been crazy like you mentioned. Yes, well, uh, I hope so too. And Ryan, great to hear you're getting your shot. I know it's it's been quite a wait there for you with Lethbridge. And uh, you've got a couple more days here to make sure that your voice is all ready to go for Thursday night. So best of luck when it comes around and we'll see you in Lethbridge. Yeah, hopefully you don't blow away on your way out here. It's it's pretty windy (laughs) over here. It's the Windy City of Canada. So yeah, uh, bring the wind wind jacket so to speak and look forward to meeting you too victor it should be should be a fun week out here in westbridge